Welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're here to discuss the second episode in the second season of Vikings Valhalla. Towers of Faith was written by Declan Krogan, directed once again by Syrian Donnelly. I gave this episode an 8.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed what was going down in Norvgod to a certain extent. However, the other storylines in Kattegat, as well as what was going on in the new Uppsala, all of those have interesting tidbits about them. But for the most part, I wasn't really drawn into those story arcs, but not enough to actually make it a criticism of the show. Before we do jump into the review, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, even YouTube, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a comment or a review. My social media will be there as well, like share. And if you want to send feedback on another episode of Vikings Valhalla or any other show that I am doing, blackercouch at gmail.com. Let's start in... Let's start in Kattegat because it is where we began the episode. Olaf is hunting down pagans. He's trying to figure out where the new Uppsala is going to be. I keep forgetting where they they call Yamsburg. Yep. So he's looking for where he believes his brother or yeah, his half brother is being sanctioned. And he also intends to destroy the last of the Yams Vikings because they're part of the old religion and he believes that they can be a possible threat to what he's got going in Kattegat. And now that he has a new path that's been redefined for him, he's intending on, you know, he's intending on uh, protecting that. One of the men that he captures does not give up anything about where the location is, only that they will have the revenge against the Christians. And that's fair, (laughs) considering all that the, well, Olaf and his Christian soldiers have been doing. And thus, he is ready to martyr himself with his wife and child, and hidden in the in the forest ravine there he does have Canute's son I always forget his name why do I always forget his name um Sven right he has him kill the guy and despite being a little hesitant to do so I thought he was gonna chicken out but he doesn't And this is his way, Olaf, of showing him you have to put fear into your people. They go back to Kattegat where they're met by, I thought we were going to give her a name. Did I give her a name? I know it's Eagle Wolfie or something like that. (laughs) Um, Let's just go with Ella 2.0 there we that's all I got it's all I got she does look a little bit like an older embittered version of Princess Elsa (laughs) so there Princess Elsa 2.0 
And she is concerned about Savin's safety. Savin's like, Olaf is going to come to dinner tonight. That's fucking teamwork. Olaf has been making a lot of insinuations to Elsa 2.0 about how he intends to uh, protect her, how he intends to protect her son, and how the knights can get a little lonely and maybe some company would be a good thing when they meet later on for dinner their son or her son is not there so they talk alone and i'm like i am disgusted you just went from no i will never trust you again to pretty much smearing yo coochie all over where he is but on the other hand on the other hand she just admitted that she is alone and does not trust anyone here so it's almost like you know this devil at least you can utilize him because it's in and aligned with your with what you need to do but how much is she actually trusting him or is she trying to just be informed and taking him up on his offer his very obvious offer (laughs) to jump in her underwears you should wash your hands you dirty pig and when i watched her at dinner it was clear that she was trying to get information of what the threats are that her son are going to be facing and also concern about the jarls who may decide that what he's doing isn't necessarily for the benefit of Norway at the current moment. Well, I guess he doesn't really have to worry about Norway, but Kattegat, you, you know what I mean. Kattegat's one of the biggest ports of uh, Sweden. Is it Sweden? Pretty sure it's Sweden at this time. We don't get much more from this arc other than Olaf is trying to cement his power base Elsa 2.0 is either working things for her own benefit and doesn't really because she seemed a little surprised it wasn't like when she's like oh why do you have blood on you oh I killed a a Yams Viking well why did he attack you so this uh this hard religious line is something that is primarily Olaf and not even something Elsa 2.0 is necessarily on board with and even when he said his crazy ass father <laughs> we'll get to that uh get that storyline Forkbeer left it wasn't that oh i'm all of a sudden anti-pagan it's if this is what gets the job done so be it let's move over to london godwin is torturing the the assassin with queen emma outside the room respect for queen emma she ain't squeamish she ain't that and he threatens to sizzle his eyeball out and that's enough for him to give up some information which is that they called him the bear and that the person was from the south not from the north what makes me suspicious about this interaction was one afterwards 
just as they're, you know, because they get a little sizzle in anyway <laughs> of his eye. Even though if you already sizzled out his eye and you know there's more information to give, wouldn't you think he would have given it already? I'm very torn about the torture method. And thus, when Queen Emma discusses it with Godwin afterwards, he's all in the opinion that, oh, well, his family's from North North Thrombia. This is about some uh, dispute because Canute took his lands and gave them to someone else. But Queen Emma is like, no, that's not what he said. He said he was from the South. We need more information on that. And the person was called the bear. I was listening. <laughs> Did he know she was there? I'm not sure. But I think it's a little coincidental when she says, I want that information. And he's like, okay, I'll get that. How will you? Well, he's got another eye. And then the same night, he's later killed so that Godwin can't get any more information about who's behind the conspiracy to kill Emma. Question. Am I the only person that's starting to think this conspiracy was conspired by Godwin himself? I got my eyes on you. I find it very convenient that Godwin is good enough to know that there is assassin attempts out there, but not good enough to guard the person that can give up that pertinent information. That seems too coincidental. Someone had to let that person in and he allowed his guards to be slaughtered to kill this man. He's like, oh, protect the queen. But is that what how he's trying to further ingratiate himself with Canute? Like, oh, it's not. And, and it's something that he said that gave it away to me or got me thinking this way is when he says, oh, well, they don't like the Vikings being here. They don't like Canute. What's changed? That it's it is what it is. And while other people may not be happy with it, they've learned to accept it. So why now try to kill Queen Emma? That's the that's the weird part right there why emma why not canute emma is someone who is a trusted emissary to the people it would seem during her reign of her husband her son was to be the future crown so why would she be under attack if anything wouldn't she be better utilized in the uh should the tides ever turn I just think that this is a, a huge plan from Godwin, which he said first episode that he plans to find his way, his children, his firstborn, at least to that throne. And however he needs to, I don't think he's going to go as far as hurting Emma, but to make it seem as if there's a credible threat when there's no such thing as a threat. And him being the, the savior, so to speak, that caught it just in time. I think that that may have been his goal. And I think that her look at the end was her starting to wonder herself. Bruh, you're looking real sussy over there. Maybe she's just being paranoid, but I think she has a better understanding of exactly who Godwin is and what he is willing to do to accomplish it. 
she knows that he's playing a game and i think that she's going to try to challenge him from winning it because this is a man's world and since canute has been uh in england he's left that power to emma all he's got to do is make emma feel like a fragile vulnerable woman that needs to be protected versus someone who's competent and can handle all threats coming her way and speak for him just food for thought food for thought from there let's travel to let's travel to uh yamsburg where we meet lord Herricker and lady gudrid i kept staring at lord Herricker and i kept saying he he looks so familiar who is that is that bradley james no nah, it ain't bradley james that look like bradley james he looks fit- is that so i just went on the imdb and i found out that that was motherfucking bradley james hell yeah now we got business yes he is prince arthur from from merlin fame he also was in damien he looks good as hell so i wasn't too keen on the fact that they uh you know they had to down gorgeous him because <laughs> he can get it all day long but they introduce him and his wife and unfortunately or maybe i'm just very suspicious i don't trust him either they are the lord and lady of yomsborg they want to make this the new Uppsala. freydis has been given this reputation she's been given these omens and she's full of guilt which is makes her at least very vulnerable to be taken advantage of and i'm wondering if she's being taken advantage of without her fully understanding and i'll tell you what scene got me thinking that because at first things are are fine i thought it was uh nice that lord haker he had raised oh yorinder i believe is his name since he was a child when he lost his father so he loves him like a son they're all out fighting and they're happy that Freitas is able to show them a few things i wasn't too impressed with the fighting scene versus the one that we got in norvgrad and i know we've seen better from the actress so i think it's just a matter of choreography or non-choreography i don't know there's definitely a few spots where i was going mm, i can see it and i don't like it i don't like when i can see it <laughs> i can see where everyone's supposed to be in their places uh, but it was nice to see bradley james because he did a lot of that stunt work when he was working on merlin himself so he has a lot of training in that to have a role where he can utilize that was nice to see and then when you saw that initial fight scene i thought that was stronger than the one with freitas in it because it felt more organic like those are actual fighters (laughs) and no no disrespect for the actress it's got to be hard and it feels like they're filming their own scene so i give a lot of credit for that uh it just wasn't as smooth while she's fighting though lady gudrid realizes that she's pregnant because she protects her stomach 
she even apologizes for bloodying one of the guys but he's like it's no problem i learned something from you Later, Lord Haker takes her to their temple, admires her sword, and wonders if her purpose is not just of a warrior, if she will be the new, I want to say Goya, but I know it's the priestess, the high priestess, the one in which they gave her the sword to take up the legacy, because the people will respond to that symbolism and at first I thought all of this sounded pretty kosher, especially when Freitas admits that she did run away from the people of Kattegat. She kept saying that as if she didn't walk away because the man she loved was mortally wounded. <laughs> it's almost as if she's trying to reset the idea that she somehow slinked away like a coward. That wasn't it. She killed Lord Carey as people brought up in this episode so clearly she was there and down and to stick around and try to do anything in the face of Forkbeard would have been suicidal which is something that he does rebuttal to her bringing saying that you know you wouldn't have had that decision now if you had stayed then so I thought hey this guy's all right then the next morning a boatload of new refugees show up where their weapons are taken. She wonders, well, why would you take their weapons? They're just like us. And his response was absolutely valid. We're, we're strangers and we don't ask too many questions here. So <laughs> I think it's reasonable to at least have a 24 to 48 hour weapon hold. But what threw me off is when they he said they are taken into the forest to work so they can make the metal for us to fight i said hold up wait a minute something ain't right so that sounds like forced labor to me because i don't see a lot of people having a choice they're being shuffled away they're confused they think they're they get a little welcome you know bundle but they're sent out to the mines and there's clearly a class divide here. Now I can understand if they got off and they were told, hey, you're going to have to, because they, they were like, everyone's got to contribute. Yeah, but does everyone need to go to the mines and mine silver for the warriors who gets chosen to be a warrior? I need to know more of the rules because I'm a little suspect. And I didn't like the fact that she was recognized as she's handing out uh, blankets and shit with Lady Gudrid. And he shuffled her away so very quickly as if it was a setup. Her saying, oh, you, uh, you abandoned us. We looked for a leader. Like that was so direct after she admitted her failure. It was almost like a tip off. And then as him immediately grabbing the woman being like, let's get you settled. Wait a minute. I thought she was going to the forest. Why do you need to grab this woman at all? <laughs> and immediately afterwards, she hesitated, but then she went in there and put on that fucking uh, uniform and became the priestess and went out and welcomed everyone as the new Uppsala, giving legitimacy to where they're at, which sure, not saying Lord Haker shouldn't be self-promoting if that's in what he intends. Like, hey, I want to rebuild something here. We're never going to get Kattegat back, but hopefully we can rebuild something here. But I don't think that that's necessarily 
you know, because what's to stop those same people from coming to find the new Uppsala and doing what they did to the old Uppsala? <laughs> Things can't become a secret forever. No, if you really want to take down the masters, you have to do it uh, in their halls. You have to take Hattigate back or make it or the person that's sitting in the seat of Hattigate has to be someone open to the idea of commingling a cohabitation but then when that when you hear about the ones talking about revenge do they care about cohabitation or do they want war do they want to simply now force all the christians out and that's only just going to continue the cycle of bloodshed and and religious persecution all really great questions but i do feel she fell into a decision more than she made one and that's why i distrust what is happening here she is a little isolated with no friends and she's caught up in the mythos of it all but she needs to find her own voice in all of that chaos and i i hope that's a indication of her new journey now let's go to my favorite storyline in the kievan Rus. First and foremost, how the fuck did you get to Sweden to the Kievan Rus in 24 hours? 48 at the most. <laughs> I'll give you three days and you still wouldn't have your ass there. Okay. But putting that aside, they're in the Kievan Rus. I thought that they made Norvgard. Are they in Kievan Rus? Yeah, they're in the Kievan Rus because they're in Norvgorod. I thought Novgorod looked very nice. I thought uh, it looked appropriate. It's nice to see something that's a little bit different than Kattegat, but still has the same flavor because they're all Vikings. My thing with Harold is he is so arrogant. It's like, yeah, we're about to go feast and uh, we're about to go be warm and with my uncle when he greets me. Like, you don't have, what's the last time you spoke to this man? Y'all just think you can importune yourself on your, your family just cause your family? You don't think maybe you could have wrote ahead? <laughs> sent a mercen, or sent a messenger or something with a heads up? No, no, not him. Leif sees Leif, keep saying Leif. Leif sees people coming out of, uh, of an opium den. And he's like, what's that? Oh, it helps you see people from the dead. When finally they arrive in the in the palace of the Grand Prince, Yaroslav the Wise, he is watching a fighting match. I'm glad they included this because it was very common to have these type of fighting matches. Uh, very reminiscent of the gladiator games for the Romans. Gladiators, not as they're portrayed in the movies at all. <laughs> that they were just this livestock to be put in and put out. Nope, it was an actual sport like any other sport. And they had a lot of value in their, their, uh, their warriors, which goes hand in hand to the end of the episode when the guy, uh, you know, wanted to save one of his men. It's like, yeah, I can make money with these people. I don't, I don't want to lose my commodity. 
However, currently Kassan is whooping somebody's ass in the ring. Harold and his arrogance just continues to think that he could just push his way through the people that are supposed to be guarding your uncle. The fuck you doing here, nigga? Identify yourself. Who the fuck are you? Oh, he's my uncle. I'm the prince of Norway. You have to let me through. Boy, I don't have to let you do nothing. I need to not bother him while he's in his sporting event. And you need to take a seat for five seconds while I verify this information. Nope. Harold's like, let me just go ahead and interrupt the fight and start kicking ass. And then announce myself to everybody in such an overly dramatic fashion. With the... (laughs) With the grand prince being like, Harold? is that you he's like uh yeah i got a lot of things i gotta talk to you about but i would like to do it when i'm fed and there's beer in my belly and i'm like you arrogant fucking vikings because <laughs> he's like oh okay that's perfectly fine just fuck up two people you don't even know disrespect my security guards but sure come to my table that's just how we roll but once they're at the grand table exchanging gossip they meet lord vitamir he tells them of how they cannot get any of their products they have warehouses full of merchandise but due to the passion eggs which is a group of other warriors they are blocking the trade routes to constantinople which is where the eastern side of the Roman Empire was at this time and continued to thrive. And thus, he is not able to help him go after Canute or his crazy father, as he said, because now he needs to rely on London more than ever to get his supplies out and to continue making money. I can't piss that man off. And he does give him some good life advice like you know what you want a throne that never really was yours in the first place (laughs) and while sure Canute may have promised you that at this time you may need to actually redefine your life and find another purpose redefine who you are as a person do you need to be the king of Norway or can you live a life doing any fucking thing else apparently not because he takes this in stride uh later on to come up with plan b but meanwhile at the table they asked greenlander how is his home he at first is hesitant but then like a poet everyone loves hearing about greenland i thought that was apropos too because people don't know every place of the world so when you meet someone from anywhere you want to know what it's like that's how they shared information it was in this manner over over uh, a meal to exchange tales so (laughs) even though it took him a second he was able to recall you know the things that he missed about that place he's like i hated it when i was there but i miss it now later on He meets Miriam, who was also at the table, who admires him admiring the comet. 
and despite his very religious aspect about what that thing is up in the sky she's like i'm a woman of science that's rocks and elements and minerals yes queen yes queen yes queen it did sound like she was kind of a astronomer or something to that effect but she walked away because she had a cough because she said it was cold but that didn't sound like a cold that sounded like you got that pneumonia <laughs> or a whooping cough there's too many diseases right now that could possibly be wrong with you uh but pneumonia was pretty damn common <laughs> can have pneumonia forever and still die from it the past yes was the worst Harold decides next well since I can't get an army from him I'm gonna pay for an army myself I just need to make money to pay for all of this fur to trade in Constantinople so I can buy one and so he tries to get <laughs> he tries to get Leif to fight with him and I I was with Leif like uh this is your dream <laughs> I'm about to get my ass whooped <laughs> for something you want <laughs> i came here because you said your uncle was gonna help the answer was no we need to move the fuck on <laughs> but alas harold decides fine if you won't do two on two let's do two on one and if i beat both of them you have to give me a thousand whatever the amount of money is and of course he agrees everyone and the room is betting because they was not trying to bet against Kassan. Nigga, 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 nigga. I'm 200% nigga. I actually thought this fight scene was really good. It was brutal. The actor did a good job. <laughs> Maybe not been an actor in the entirety, but it certainly looked like it. Uh, definitely was nice to look at. <laughs> I like that Kassan has those like bull horns on his head. He's got his hair shaped like that. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, I, I thought this was entertaining, engaging, more so than the other fights that we got thus far. It felt very much as if it was a scene out of, you know, Fight Club. And Leif, he, he wants to help him out. Like, hey, the big man's slow. Watch for his left. But at the same time, he's still not ready to step into the ring until the the gambler, the head guy, changes the stakes and makes it unfair. And thus, he gets himself involved. But he doesn't like to fight because every time he fights now, he goes into berserker mode. And he had that one dude. And no one said this wasn't a fight to the death. But no one said it wasn't not a fight to the death. So he snapped his neck. Woo! You know he did. I did like that moment where Kassan was like, don't worry, I won't kill your brother. So he was definitely not in it to murder anyone. <laughs> He's a fighter. I hope he comes back. I'm just going to put that out there because he escaped and he has a sweet ass looking haircut. I wanted him to come back. I want him to come back. All right. Uh, I like to see a little bit more. I like the inclusion, I should say, of more color in the in the season because it is far more realistic than the portrayals of vikings thus far they were people who went across the globe and i hate to bust it to you guys but if you keep going south of the equator and east 
It's not a lot of vanilla, okay? Right? A lot of hot sun south of that equator, which makes for a much darker brown and deep brown skin, brown and black skin. Not to mention Constantinople. So, oh my gosh, it was so connected to everywhere. But I'm sure the show is, despite its fast and loose with history, exactly, which on one hand, some of this I'm going, well, you know, they're based on sagas and sagas are what stories that probably have truth in them. But there's no one that says this is 100 percent like there's no evidence that 100 percent backs the stories as being 100 percent accurate. So I think that they're allowed uh, more than it being written. It's more than written in, I should say, to play fast and loose with. But I, but they are adding elements that were missing from the original Viking show, mainly because that was the beginning. This is what happened afterwards. They continued, continued all the fuck everywhere, right? (laughs) Start as Vikings and then redefine themselves as other people. But unfortunately, despite their victory, the winnings are not his because the, the head guy, he ran off with them and Kassan. Vintimir was watching the entire fight and seeing that Harold and Leif can handle themselves offers to pay 2,000 pounds and whatever money he stated to escort something that is precious cargo to get past the Pechenegs and get it to Constantinople, which he agrees to. I thought Vintimir would provide the boat too, which is why I was confused later on when... He's like, yeah, I got the winnings because how did he? Oh, he got the 2000 from him up front. He's like, yeah, later on when Leif comes to find him, he's like, I bought all these furs. I just need a boat. And he's like, what the fuck? I killed a man for fur. He's like, yeah, that's uh, that was the goal. I'm really proud of you. To be fair to uh, to be fair to Harold, he he ain't been rolling with his homie in a minute. So he don't know that he's been hallucinating live. It doesn't seem as if his girl or they had a moment of even to, to be like, look, watch out for my brother. He's, he's fucking going through shit. (laughs) None of that at all. So he probably doesn't. And even if he did do Vikings know how to handle PTSD, I feel like he would though, because he was so kind to him the first season, walking him through, the political angle of everything that if Harold actually fully understood that, Oh no, he's actually emotionally unstable and that killing someone that wasn't his intention more so than it was him losing control, which if he wasn't so caught up in winning, he would have noticed that he went for his throat. He straight went for his throat. He's like, what What's going on? And he kind of asked for a little bit, but these men aren't going to be, are going to be women will tell me what's really happening and are they going to be able to properly address it see i don't think harold can help him right now but he is his brother so he's just like what i know you don't believe in it right now but i still do and trust me i've got all the ego we need to drive us to this this uh throne all right (laughs) got you 
<laughs> just, just why did you help me though? Because I don't want to see you be murdered. He then hallucinates Liv again, goes to the opium house. Well, he did previously and no one was there. Then an older Asian man came out of nowhere with a pipe. You want to get high? Leif said, I heard you see dead people when you take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody here. They're just talking to their family members. That's all they're doing. Yeah, that's that's not all opium does, bruh. A popular belief is that opium is somehow stronger than heroin and while opium yes is a morphine and certainly highly addictive as uh, the continent of japan or was it china it could have been both point of it is it's uh it's a hell of a drug and while he was on that hell of a drug he almost committed suicide chasing lives ghost outside to a a roof and almost jumping off until she tells him it's not his time and so he collapses but i'm pretty sure after that moment that's where where he initially started with seeing live by the end of it he gonna see have seen more than just live i am so high and that's pretty much the conclusion of our episode i think a lot of things did move forward as far as entertaining what the mystery is going to entail this season in every place it's the the yams yamsborg yams vikings versus the christians in catechet godwin versus emma for control of london while canute is busy out there doing his thing with his crazy daddy (laughs) i will never not laugh at that they also think that he set him up to be defeated anyway um that's something elsa said elsa 2.0 she's like i think that was the whole plan is to stick me here and then the girls come and then they just rip me apart He's like, I'll never let that happen. I'll protect you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Who gonna protect you? Because you seem to think that you don't need that protection. Your damn self. Your brother somewhere. You don't even know where your brother is right now. That's how behind you are. And then lastly, whatever this trip is to Constantinople, which is going to be amazing because that means we might see Constantinople. We do have feedback, so let's hop into the mailbag. Mail, motherfucker! Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Vikings Valhalla Season 2, Episode 2. Unfortunately, I missed out on giving feedback for the season premiere because I did not watch the episode until yesterday, which was um, Friday. And today is Saturday and I'm watching the second episode or watched the second episode. And now here I am ready to give feedback. I felt I feel a little bit better, you know, last weekend after I went on this um to this leadership uh retreat um which was 
Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, getting home Saturday evening. Yeah, I went into a, a a sort of a coma. It was it was bad. I was so looking forward to being home and being away from people uh, that I can't even explain it. But I, you you get me, you fellow introvert. Anyway, um, as for these two episodes, which I'm sure I'll combine, I'll just give my overall thoughts. Um, I'm intrigued. I did listen to um, your podcast for episode one just to get everyone's thoughts um, about it. Um, I am in agreement with a lot of what was said. I just, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's like in some things I felt like we didn't stay with certain things for very long. I mean, I get it's only eight episodes, but um, I'm with Mimi and I think you were in agreement too. The whole um, um, Leif and uh, Freitas thing, it was so strange. It was, you know, he's hurting, he's going through what he's going through with Liv, Liv um, still reeling from her death and she's realizing that he's hallucinating her, talking to her and all that good stuff. So his mental health is not um, where it needs to be yet. You know, she's like, well, gotta go. <laughs> um, this is what I'm dealing with, brother. And good luck. Here's some more burden or here's some more stuff to deal with. Um, as I leave you <laughs> with it. So as you and Harold are going off on your own little journey. So don't tell them. So more burden to put on your shoulders, but no problem. Yeah, I am. Um, unfortunately, my memory of season one is not the best. Um, so I know there's a lot of um, um, talking points from that that have carried over to this um yeah the whole I don't I mean I'm trying to I mean I know there's a there's the method to the madness and I feel like obviously this is all gonna come to a head at some point because this thing with Norway um Harold's just not leaving it alone he is just and I hear what you're saying Christine you know, this is something he's been brought up believing, so it's not, not so easy to let that go, um, no matter if he's, you know, falling in love with someone that is not about that life. Um, he still is bound and determined. And maybe it's a combination of a lot of things, you know, how he was raised, you know, his ego um, and all that stuff, and, you know, not being able to let the other person win in this situation or feel like he could do a better job um, at leading people or he can unify people. I don't know. Um, and we're so, whereas um, uh, he doesn't feel like it, other kings would do that. So um, sometimes, you know, you're calling to a higher purpose means you got to sacrifice the things you want in life um, personally. So that happens a lot too. So, um, well, we see that they go on to whatever that place is called. And I thought, I mean, you said half brother. I thought they 
said that was his uncle, the the guy. Um, anyway, um, so they go there to get this army together. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm like, on the one hand, I think you were mentioning it, Christine, about this naivete that Harold has when it comes to it. I mean, for someone that's been born and bred to uh, uh, this, you know, to be a king and all that stuff, he seems very naive when it comes to uh, this whole, <laughs> I'll say, Game of Thrones type of mentality. It's like... You really thought that you would go to your uncle and then he would just give you this army. All this political nonsense that goes on behind the scenes. It's not going to be that simple, especially when you're trying to, you know, uh, make allies or establish, you know, allies and in certain situations. And as it stands, his uncle's um, uh, empire or kingdom is... Weekend, and he's trying to, he's not trying to be on King Canute's bad side. So, yeah. And then they got the other guy that I'm not quite sure. I forget what his name is. Um, the one that's recruiting him to go to, oh, forget, I don't know, um, wherever they he's recruiting him to go. So, um, but, you know, Harold is determined to um, do what he's going to do and we got to let it run its course because I feel like he's not going to be satisfied or content with life without trying. Um, and then we have Leif who is, uh, I knew he was going to go to that opium den, um, to try to connect with Liv. Um, I'm not quite, and I, and I get it, um, to a certain extent. Um, I don't know where, we're going with that, and and yes, we saw that he was talking with this other girl, Miriam. Um, I don't know. She seems much older than him, um, but maybe that's what he needs—someone older to kind of guide him um, in a certain way, because he seems awfully young and naive as well about certain things. Um, and plus, I'm sure losing so many members of your family whether that be blood family or your Greenland family, is is traumatic and it's a lot. And he talks about that. Um, and so Liv was someone that he loved. And, I mean, unfortunately, they didn't explore that too, too much in season one. I do remember that. But, um, yeah, so he hallucinates her and, you know, his uh, his his conflict of faith is something that he's struggling with. I think that's a big part of it, more so than live. I mean, live, of course, but the, this his thing with faith that's definitely plaguing him. And where does he go from here? And it just doesn't seem like there's anyone there that he can talk to about it. Because of course, Fred is left. Um, Harold is, you know, trying to figure out how to get back his kingdom or get his kingdom that he was promised. And so I feel like Miriam is going to play a role in that. But something tells me that she's not long for this world, all that coughing she was doing. So I don't know if that's a good idea for him to get involved with her. Um, Then we have Freitas going to this um, pirate's kingdom. And we see Arthur. Oh, Oh, my gosh. He looks so different but the same. So... (laughs) 
So we see that he's the the leader of these this pirate kingdom that they're trying to make the new Uppsala, and they want her to be the the new. I forget the name they called it. I didn't write anything down. I'm not gonna lie. So we got her on this new journey um, of being the chosen one for that and embracing this new role, being pregnant with Harold's baby. Um, I don't know how that's supposed to turn out in regards to that because he's going to find out eventually. Um, So it's not like, you know, she's going to go off to the ends of the world and he's not never going to find out especially with the fact that he's still hanging out with her brother. But I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Um what else is there? Oh, Olaf and the and the queen, they uh they have they're doing their flirting. It's like, okay. Um we didn't see Canute. Oh, I didn't even get to talk about all the other stuff. But I'm out of time. Sorry, you know. That's I mean, y'all are bring it up. So um, I'm at my limit at 10 minutes. So until next time, wish love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch. Shy. Thank you, Queen Chai, for your thoughts on the episode. Yeah, I saw you ran out of time there. I was like, it's the final countdown. I don't know why. I don't know why, but that was in my head. <laughs> that was, uh... <laughs> That came on as you were doing your wrap up. Um, As far as your thoughts on the episode, I liked your point about him feeling that it may be his higher purpose. I don't think I gave any altruistic type motivations to him. Uh, But that certainly is. I mean, you have Freitas out there feeling like her purpose is to lead the people and people are looking for her to do that. Maybe that's something, you know, uh, Harold has felt his entire life and to walk away from that is something he simply cannot do without trying everything that he can to make that dream a reality. I'm glad they are bringing Mir. I didn't sense any romantic vibes between Miriam and, uh, and Leif. It seemed me, it seemed to me like she, um, simply took a liking to the fact that he is, as you stated, this young person, he looks conflicted. He's clearly, I mean, it doesn't take a rock. I mean, anyone with like, that's a woman. Okay. Let's just say, let's say take it does take rocket scientist. <laughs> Cause sometimes, you know, in a very combative or, or that type of environment, you may not get people as attuned to someone's emotional mindset, but he does feel vulnerable he looks vulnerable he looks very much as if there are things going on inside of his head and she was someone that upon hearing him and and hearing the uh, longing and the the I can't think of reminiscent feeling he was going through she wanted to reach out and I like the idea that they're bringing science into it because we've talked about Christianity we've talked about paganism but we never talk about that third option which is the art of science or the religion of science uh you don't need to serve it you simply (laughs) believe it you take apart those uh those things that feel otherworldly and you base them in realism and that's what she did with the comment so i'm hoping to have more conversations like that because many 
Islam and Muslim kingdoms were very scientifically advanced compared with modernized Britons, not to say that they didn't know these texts exist. They just had an alternative theory, <clears throat> flat earthers, uh, about <laughs> what is concretely proven to be factual. And then after they got over it, uh, they decided, well, maybe, you know, our way is not working since it's failing on a massive scale. And then there was, you know, the third of the population dying, two thirds. So, uh, yeah, I am interested to see where those story arcs go. Um, you'll have to jump into the, into the chat and let us know how you felt about what's going on with Godwin, because that's, a uh, noteworthy to um discuss as well but i look forward to hearing your feedback on next episode we do have one last bit of female female feedback from mimi so let's hear what she had to say about the second episode what up stina this is mimi uh this is my feedback for viking valhalla season two episode two um, I just looked on the calendar before I was leaving for work, and I saw that you postponed this when I thought it would have been up already. I watched this last week, and for some reason, I just kept forgetting to send feedback. And then I was like, well, I already missed it, so I'll just catch up on the third one. And I didn't even get to watch the third one before I'm about to do this stretch of, uh, for this stretch that I'm working. So um, I was like, well, I, uh, hopefully I'll be able to get caught up. I just, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I've been reading, sleeping, or doing housework, <laughs> like a bunch of, like, errands. And I just, like, Sunday, I probably could have done a lot of things, but I literally didn't do anything. I was just lounging around the house. Everything I wanted to do, I didn't do. Um, it was a day off that literally went towards me sleeping, reading, sleeping again, watching TV, sleeping. I really didn't do anything but lounge around and sleep. Whatever. <laughs> um, so that's where we are. Um, I'm going to try and remember as much of this episode as I can. I definitely remember um, Harold... Uh, and his uh, his quest for this this Norway venture, like I I really don't understand why he feels like he's gonna get this damn um, kingdom. I know he was promised, and I mean, if it, if things ended differently for him. I would understand him expecting to get what he was promised, but so much shit happened in between when Canute said, you know, he would give you Norway, and then Canute left. We ain't seen Canute in fucking months, okay? A whole fucking war broke out, fucking betrayal, <laughs> um, his dad going to get, uh, you know, revenge and whatnot, like, a lot of shit has happened, and I can't understand why Harold is so fucking determined to be the king of Norway, um, 
even after, you know, going to finally seeing his uncle and his uncle telling him the same thing, he still determined. He was like, well, fuck it. I will do it myself. I'm going to get some money and I'm going to get some soldiers and I'm going to go and get Norway. And I can't help but think that this shit is not going to go the way he wants it to go. Um, it's, it's just not looking good for him. And for whatever reason, he just is determined to to try and get this kingdom. Um, the fight was hilarious when he was like, <laughs> um, we can we can go up against your best fighters and Leif was like what do you mean we it just reminded me of one of those friends that's always ready to fight and they were like we can take y'all like we dude I don't this ain't got nothing to do with me you the one want the money what you mean we and then Harold was like ah, whatever I can take two of your best fighters and <laughs> he was doing pretty good too but I just I mean I was torn because I know Harold is the character we're supposed to be rooting for but you know I'm like Issa Rae I'm rooting for anybody that's black like I, I cannot not root for him like come on now this might be the only brown person we see this whole season I gotta be on their side there are a couple of POCs, though, that look like they might have some main roles. Uh, the guy from Istanbul, um, and then the, the girl in, I can't remember her name, and I don't even remember what her relationship was, but she was, the, like, the astronomist, and she was talking about the stars and to, to lace. I was getting, like, you know, sexy vibes from them. I'm, I remember last season, at the end of season one, I like put out into the universe that I wanted Leif to be with someone that was uh, like a person of color and I was like I would like the, a brown woman and I was like she doesn't even have to be black I'm fine with the Afro-Latina like you know somebody that's brown skin and like I feel like the universe was playing me because they, they did give me a POC but she white as hell um, I'm going to take the win and just let it be, but I just, I got the vibe that they were trying to, to say something about their relationship. I think it's, uh, I don't know, the fact that he's still uh, seeing Liv, um, and then, you know, he went and took that damn, uh, the opioids, and he was high so he could see the dead, and she was trying to get him to join him. She was trying to get Leif to join her in Valhalla by jumping off of a building. And I was like, can you get to Valhalla that way? Like, I I don't think that that's true. Um, he definitely wasn't going for it. He really don't believe anymore. I don't know that we heard him say that until, like, this season. Um, we knew he was slowly breaking faith, and I don't remember why he was breaking faith and why he didn't believe anymore, but it was happening slowly. Um, I don't know, I, it, I'm just curious, like, is he gonna go through, like, a, like, a religious journey where he, like, goes through a bunch of different religions until he finds that he enjoys Christianity? Is he just going to jump straight towards Christianity? Is he going to be an atheist for a little bit? Because I feel like the, you know, the religious journey usually starts with someone 
losing faith in their religion and then not believing in anything and then something helping them see some type of you know epiphany where they come to terms that there is something out there but maybe they were doing the wrong thing and then they maybe go to a different religion if they don't come back to theirs so i don't know exactly what the plan is but i am very curious to see what's happening with Leif because the way he like passed out on on that roof um and he was like yeah i'm not going to valhalla and then he passed out hopefully somebody comes along and he don't freeze to death that's why i was thinking because i know that the lady likes to be on that that up high because she likes looking at the stars so i figured she was gonna come find him so he don't freeze to death i mean he is from greenland <laughs> so i think he could tolerate cold weather pretty well i don't know if greenland and and where are they at russia russia aren't they in russia i'm pretty sure they're in russia um if they're the same amount of like the same kind of cold because i know if you've ever been to like the midwest the cold here and the cold say like if you were to go to georgia the winters aren't the same so i don't know if russia's winters and greenland's winters or just greenland just in general if they're the kind of that's the same kind of cold it might not be russia might be worse but i will say that you know he he is his, his body is conditioned for cold just from his uh you know from how he grew up so so we'll see he might wake himself up but i i don't know i just get the vibe that we're gonna have to or we're gonna see him with that astronomist lady so i guess i guess only time will tell we'll figure it out um i could be completely off here but i just got the vibe that they were trying to do something with him and that woman she looks a lot older than him so i'm not really caring too much for this pairing um but she might be there as some type of teacher for him and i would be cool with that too but i just i get like some type of relationship forming like they introduced them the way that they did for a reason um i just don't think she's supposed to be his throwaway and i don't even know if leif is gonna continue his his journey with uh harold it seemed like he was done with him after the fight and that he you know and he killed that man he was upset about it i don't know if you know he's trying to do like trying to be like as far away from his dad as possible he doesn't want to turn into him um and that's why he didn't want to kill the man but in episode one of this season we saw him murdering folks left and right so I, i'm not quite sure why he's so upset about murdering someone um and it was i mean he killed them because he did jump into a fight trying to kill his friend and they thought they were brothers so you know <laughs> it's even more reason to try and defend your brother but anyway and then i uh, i don't know i could tell you right now that freitas's journey is going to get on my fucking nerve I, everything about her in this episode annoyed the shit out of me and i and now that i think about it last season towards the end because i liked her in the beginning but then towards the end for some reason she got on my nerve and i think it's going to be like that i i don't know what it is about her in this storyline it, it just irritates me i don't know it's like are you going to be a warrior or are you going to be a priest like 
I don't feel like I've seen people do both. And I always thought she was going to be like the religious savior. But then they had her become a shield maiden and she was just all of a sudden great. I don't know. That It just it just irritates me. Um, you know, I want to see Elagatha and that's fine. Or, you know, I want to see someone who is... Uh, taken over as their you know savior and that's fine too but you like why why are they making her both like it doesn't seem like that can actually be a possibility you're one or the other and i could be completely off and be just be being hard on the character but uh, i just feel like they're giving her entirely too too many storylines like pick one anyway um i think that's all i got so far i um never cared for Olaf um and now since he's like all of a sudden in love with you know being the protector and even uh Canute's uh Viking wife I don't know I I don't know what they're trying to do with his character um but I like I said about Forkbeard I, I think that this isn't gonna go the way that uh Olaf thinks it's gonna go and I think he deserves whatever he gets um, but I do hope Knut's wife is smart enough to not get tangled up with Olaf again. Because I, I, I feel like she has potential to be a character that I like if she can get her shit together. Um, I will end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Queen Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode as well. Uh, I, the second person ain't mentioned nothing about Godwin. Damn. <laughs> Am I alone on that one? But uh, I was with you. I was on case inside the entire time. I'm here to support the black folks. I want to see him come back. I want to see him have lines. He was kind of cute. Um, I I I do need I do need some more color. Because <laughs> I think it would be more interesting conversations. Like I thought it was that was more compelling to me than anything that. That yes, that other girl, um, what is her name? Freitas did because she is falling on the waist, uh, by the wayside of disinteresting. It, it's just, eh, there's no one there right now other than Bradley James that I want to see or is invested in. And even him already side eyeing. I think that Freitas is, um, is a warrior. And isn't this priestess and they need to let that go. But they need to also give her far more agency. And that's where she's falling on the disinteresting side. Because you now have given a woman her own story arc. And then you allowed her to like, she should be making her own plays, her own moves, not being told what to do. Lord Vittemore is the... Uh, is the name of the guy that you were referencing and then Miriam is the woman this is the second person got sexy vibes I didn't I, I just I really did only get a I think you're right they're gonna mean something to each other but I don't think it's gonna be anything romantic I think it is just gonna be simply someone who leaves an impression on you because they have ideas and thoughts that other people around you simply don't have uh the same 
thought process around. And I think, yes, they may be utilizing uh, Leif in that fashion of someone who goes through the show and is more like a um, like a Daryl Dixon type of character where he gets into a little bit of this, a little bit of that and doesn't quite doesn't quite because you know he's not trying to go after these lofty goals like his sister and his uh his new brother you know he doesn't doesn't want to be king of anything he doesn't want to rule he doesn't want to lead that's not his uh his destiny so through his lens it's all about the internal emotional um the emotional damage of the life of a warrior but also what else is there to be offered to the life of a Viking outside of raiding or being in the game of Thrones? So yeah, you could go through many different religions uh, and then go on to Christianity or he could reject all religions. I did need to classify something and maybe it's just because it always gets to me. <laughs> you're not you're not wrong in your in itself, but I do think that um, a lot of people can get the atheist term mixed up. It's a technicality. I know, I know, Jones. Why are you so weird? Uh, atheist is someone who doesn't believe in a god, while an agnostic is someone who doesn't believe it's possible to know for sure that a god exists. Um, both are not. Uh, if I have this correct, and I could be wrong, I could totally be wrong. <laughs> but I was all impression that it's a non-believer is a skeptic against the idea of God doesn't mean you don't believe in anything. I think that's the part where I always become a stickler with and me and my mom gets into it all the time where it's just like atheism is not a belief there. It says uh, I Googled it. It's not a belief in a system, nor is it a religion in itself. So some people really get bogged down and well, you're just an atheist. It's like, well, no, you could be an atheist. And an, I would consider myself an atheist and an agnostic. Uh, coinciding. There we go. Um, because they are, yeah, they sound similar, but it doesn't necessarily translate automatically. And, uh, just felt the need to clarify that for no other reason than <laughs> my own personal pet peeve. <laughs> but as far as uh, that, I, I think, yeah, that'd be really nice to see him go through a lot of things and, and accept or reject or, or take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that and, and live his life. He's clearly not missing Greenwood enough to go back Greenland. And you're right. They are cold as fuck places, both Greenland and, uh, Norvagad. Nor, 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 I always say it wrong until I see it in front of me. <laughs> Norvagad. Um, no, I know everyone's dragging me right now that actually can say that. <laughs> but I will say Siberia is fucking way colder than Greenland, if I had to guess. If I had to guess. They both are really cold places and they're herders that live there and they live in tombs. The living tombs. I think with Leif, the last point is the difference between first episode and this one is he was in control. Like, yeah, I'm going to murder these folks and I'm in control of my actions. I feel like when he started fighting that big guy at some point, I don't think it was very well translated, if I'm being honest. 
But at some point, uh, there was enough there. Not when he was strangling him. I didn't feel like he was out of his mind. But when he got up and he almost strangled Harold or he went for his thing and he's, and he's like, we won, we won. He's like, huh? And it took him a minute to come back. I think that's what he's alarmed by. The fact that he is starting to lose control even of his own actions and his own anger. He wants to, again, that berserker mode uh, that his father deals with. Oh, God. Another father and son duo in the show, by the way, with the Harker and Georgina. So I'm really hoping we get Leif's daddy. I just need it for no other reason than I want to see two berserkers going berserk. <laughs> and they both planned the trip to go to North America. So there's no reason why he wouldn't be added to the story other than we don't want him to be added to the story. And that's fair too. I'm still going to put it on my bucket list. That's going to conclude our feedback section, which is going to conclude our podcast for this week. If you want to send feedback, once again, blackercouch.gmail.com or leave a comment below. Like, share, subscribe, friends. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Real hard, really hard.